This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, everybody. Jeremy here. Just before we get into the games of the year 2022, wanted to do a shout out for the people in our shout out tier. It's a new tier that we added to Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash shout of the wild, you can join up there. And then every month we'll give you a shout out. We have one here for Cage Calabrese, and they said they didn't really have anything to say in particular, but just wanted to say that they're really happy about us doing the randomized stream. Cage had intentionally joined that tier in order to get us to the goal to do randomized runs. I had just started doing a run of Link's Awakening, and it was chaotic, but we started to get somewhere, and we're going to be doing a follow-up every first Saturday day of the month. So can thank Cage for unlocking that for us. And we have other goals in there too. So if you join up, you can hit those as well. Go ahead and like I said, go to patreon.com slash shout of the wild. Uh, you can look up those goals. And if any of those seem like they would be entertaining for you, a little bit of support just gets us there. Also have a shout out from Hylian Gamer Zero One. Uh, they just wanted to say they've been playing Zelda games since around 2012 and were instantly hooked on them. Uh, they also stream. If you go to Gaiman Menace, you can find them there. I'll put a little note in the description for this episode as well. They play a lot of Zelda games. They love Chat of the Wild, and they've been listening for over two years. And Highland Gamer, we really appreciate you. We know that you were one of the early adopters when we brought on Patreon, and it's been so much fun having you play along with us and, and join in over in our Discord. So thank you, Highland Gamer. Thank you, Cage. And that's it. Like I said, patreon.com slash of the wild. If you want to get a shout out as well, we'll go ahead and say whatever you want each month within reason, obviously. Anyway, let's go and jump into the games of the year 2022. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Chat of the Wild's annual games of the year. I got games, you got games, we got games, he got games, she got games. Every show's got games of the year right now. Tiffany has been uh, telling me to dismissively run off and play with Gautier all week. <laughs> go go Gauti. Go Gauti over there. And then I say that and she says, no, Gautier. I'm like, okay, <laughs> fine. So, if this is your first time listening to our games of the year, thank you for joining us and welcome. Um, if it's all Zelda games, <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, we, we are a Zelda podcast though, but we also like to talk about games that aren't Zelda because we, because not necessarily that came out this year, but just ones that we played. Uh, these are one; these could be games that just you know. There's there's a lot of games that come out every year now, and it's just unreasonable for us to be able to play them all in the year they came out. So it could be something that came out a couple years ago, or even longer if it's something that just suddenly grabbed one of us, <laughs> Brian. Uh, and surprisingly, he, none of those this year. Really, they, they're all yeah. within the last decade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually. Okay, well, cool, cool. Um, we also do an honorable or dishonorable mention. 
The other thing to keep in mind, I did, I was uh, re-listening to the last couple and just want to warn people, I don't know what the other two's lists are, and we may have some overlap. And so when we go through these, we go from uh, five to one, typically, but it gets mixed up because someone's four, maybe someone's two, and then I have to be like, okay, where are we at right now? So just a heads up, it this is the messiest thing that we produce, for sure. Um, just because there's really no planning whatsoever. And there, there is still supposed to be some kind of formula to it, but we don't plan ahead. And it's fun, though, and we're glad that you're here. I don't, I don't want them to know what I picked. <laughs> right. Uh, also, this year, we're going to go and do a bonus episode as well, just to talk about the, you know, six and on games that didn't quite make it on the list. And those that uh, episode will be exclusive to patrons. So if you go to patreon.com slash chat of the wild for as little as a dollar a month, you'll get access to that, as well as access to our previous monthly um, side quest that we do, where this is just more like a special side quest, right? Side quest is where we just talk about other video games. We do that once a month. Patrons get that. Go to patreon.com slash chat of the wild. Sign up and you can listen to our bonus episode and listen to previous bonus episodes. I'm I'm glad because I have trouble narrowing my list down every year. So, oh, me too. I I have. So I use uh, the app GG. I've talked about this multiple times, and you can make lists on there. And so I just have a list of the games that I played this year on there, and mm-hmm. then I've just been like moving them around and just playing with them. We're like, uh, does this go here? Is this better? Is this that? And it's fun. Mm. It's really fun. But, I used to keep a list. I, I've been bad about that the last couple of years. And then somewhere in June, I'm like, I should write down everything I played. I'll appreciate right. me in December. So let's jump into it. I'm so excited. First off, we're going to do our honorable and dishonorable mentions. BC, why don't you kick us off? Um. So sh- should I do an honorable and a dishonorable? I it's have been told or... that's not allowed before. Okay. So... So I'm gonna start. I will with... let you <laughs> say you can say save one of them for the bonus. Okay. Okay. So uh, my my dishonorable mention is is a combo because it's it's a game that disappointed me and my inability to play the game that inspired it, and so that's gonna be Back for Blood and Left for oh. Dead Two. Okay. Okay. Um, so turtle turtle rocks last few games is basically what you're doing (laughs) yeah um so back for blood do we even want to talk about um the asynchronous one evolve is that what evolve yes evolve well we did but now we get to move on there it is there are better (laughs) games so so back for blood anticipated spiritual successor to left for dead that tried really hard and somehow managed to be more like has more mechanics, but is somehow not as fun as left for dead. I spent a lot of time playing back for blood with some friends this year and it just never hit right. It just never Mm. Mm -hmm. like I didn't really care about what was going on with the story. And I think that was like one of the big things is like they added a, a bunch of story to the overall overall setup and you know we would jump in and we would never remember what was going on and we'd just be like all right well we're in this place and we're doing this thing and it's apparently oh there's a giant mushroom cloud in the distance i think that's relevant for 
some reason. And I think right. the problem it might be is what's that... causing the the blood that's back <laughs> for. I, I think the problem and the thing that was great about Left for Dead is even though you you went through the campaigns, it was kind of you could jump in anywhere and the general concept was you're getting from A to B and you're killing some zombies along the way. Um, right. Right. But with Back for Blood it was like okay, we're in this weird space and we're supposed to be doing something, but we don't remember why or who any of these people are because we're playing it sporadically. We're like picking it up and playing a few games. Um, And there's this whole card system, which I think has gotten some tweaks since I last played it. Um, But the card system was kind of just too much, like a little cumbersome. And I wasn't sure how much it mattered in the end. Um, And the real thing that sucks is we all tried to go back to playing Left 4 Dead 2 and uh, can't play it on my new MacBook because it is 32-bit only. And uh, even though I can buy it from Steam and download it, doesn't run on a modern Mac. Uh, so I found some mm-hmm. solutions to basically you can wine wrap it or you can do some other stuff. And none of that worked for me. So I is can't even play Left 4 Dead 2. Um, is it just looking is- for an Intel processor Mac or something? Yeah. Well, at some point, I forget which version of Mac OS, they phased out support for 32-bit apps. Yeah. Um, oh. oh, okay. So it's only 64-bit apps, and there's no 64-bit version of Left 4 Dead 2. So, remember, Apple knows better than you. They they know what you actually need, and you didn't need that. So, so yeah, that's my dishonorable mention. I, I played a lot of Back for Blood, and it was never Left 4 Dead 2, and now I can't even play Left 4 Dead 2. So that sucks because. Yeah, at some point, like you want to add more mechanics to your your game, but why mess with Left 4 Dead too much? Um, it's already is it pretty pos- great. Is it possible that they're not allowed to just make a new Left 4 Dead like that? Like that Valve owns the rights to it, and like there's like some sort yeah. of like patents for how that stuff is done that they can't just like make it the same way well i mean you can make left for dead but if i don't know if it sounds like there's just a bunch of crap all on top of it or new mechanics or yeah is it environmental mechanics you like here if you all get this wishing well you all get a drink of magic water and you're better or the zombies go away or, or you know or like some environmental thing like in those murder horror games well, some of it is that it's just there's a lot of for one the card system works. It's almost like battle passy. You go through, you unlock, mm. you get experience points, and then you put them into these different card packs to get different cards that are perks. So it might be oh, you you know reload faster, or this melee weapons do a thing, and it's like as you go through each campaign. Uh, how it was initially was like you draw a card each level and those cards build up as you go along um but it was kind of hard to be like oh do i really want to put time into building out a specific deck for myself to do this which i didn't spoiler alerts and uh (laughs) i just wanted to play i just wanted to jump in and play and there's a bunch of like different weapon types and 
mods that you can do for your weapon but that's kind of the hard thing it's like anytime you pick up a weapon you have to be like all right well what specific mods are on this or what specific change is made here because maybe this weapon now has like a sniper scope mod that makes aiming a pain uh so you're super zoomed in or like do i need to buy these other things for this weapon to make it good and i think it's i i I don't fault them for changing the formula or doing something to the formula because i think it just mirrors a lot more of modern games like you have things that yeah um yeah have the battle passes have all these like weapon mods and that sort of thing so it it was an attempt to modernize it but i think the problem is it's just for me at least it was too much detail for what i was trying to do like i didn't really care about any of those things um just want to shoot ai generated zombies yep get to the level um (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and then there's like all these different bosses. There's so much variety, and they just added a ton of variety, but maybe too much. That's that's my take on Back for Blood. Okay, all right. Uh, so um, my honorable mention for this year. Now I went back and forth on this because I literally, like, literally, I have my list that I made last night, and I made a change because it was either between this or a different game for like is it going to be the number five or my honorable mention right Mm -hmm. i went with this being the honorable mention because even though i have played this game almost every single day for the last year um literally like at least 30 minutes a day every single day um it's not quite a video game uh in the normal sense uh and that is farm rpg this is an iOS app that it's 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 a inventory management sim, and okay. you are ru- you're running a farm, but there told aren't us about like this before. I have talked about it before, and like yeah. I said, I've been playing it. I've been playing it every day for the last year. It's the game that I perked up at, jokingly hoping it was Clash, um, po- possibly, because yeah, uh, yeah. I, I started playing this September of last year, and yeah, okay. like I said, I have not stopped playing it and i've i've maxed out most of the stats but they keep Mm -hmm. adding things like the the developers behind this have been it's that's what's great about this is that they have constantly been adding new things and new mechanics and new like different unlockables and things and it's a free game you can spend currency on gold of course because it's a free mobile game but the gold is only really used for like two things and that is either buying permanent upgrades for your farm to make things go faster or you can use it to actually i guess there's three things or you can use it to buy specialty items out of one of the shops daily um or you can bc what's up sorry i think a squirrel just fell out of the tree in front of my window and hit the ground Oh, okay. <laughs> in my backyard. Sorry, didn't ex- it just falling manned in front of my window? My bad. Okay. Um, ah, or you can right. use you can use the gold to pay for people to go on expeditions for you to just bring in more materials without right. you having to tap on the screen, right? Um, and the, the the way it works is that with the money too, that is really nice. Is that every month. They have a special $5 pack that gives you more gold than normal, a bunch of extra stuff. And mm-hmm. I've spent maybe $25 on this game over the last year. 
just because it's like this has just been I wake up every morning, get on this thing, check my stuff, do all that, um look, you know, plant some crops and take care of some some requests that people have and it's 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 very basic but also there's so many layers on it, right? Because you can just like go into these things here that goes to this, that goes to this, that goes to this. But at least for me and the way that I played it, I went through the the sort of – I started playing it not long after the game came out. And so it was a lot simpler. And I've been able to learn new things as they get brought into the game. And so yeah. for me at least, it's just been – my life kind of thing it's just this other second life that i have um in my pocket and oh. don't uh, say that <laughs> don't say second life no um and yeah it's just it's a really simple thing like i said it's free oh and ever everything that y- you can constantly unlock gold too there are challenges for crafting you know right. 100,000 items that get you 25 gold which is a fair amount um, and there's just constant rewards for that. So you can play the the game and get as far as I did without spending any money too. I did it right. mostly because I was like, I've played this a lot and I just want to sort of reward the developers. Right. But it's, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't spend a single dime on clash Royale for like three years. And then they're like, well, what if we do a season pass thing and you get a bunch of stuff and a free emote and can level up your cards way faster with some goodies and stuff. I'm like, yep, I'll do that every month. Thank you. That's my thing. Yeah. yeah. Is there a, com- is there a community? Are you going to become the, uh, the leader of a clan of farmers? No, there is a community. They don't have that kind of thing. There's just like a community chat and they have like different little groups hmm. to, to go into. And it's funny. You can, anybody can look at my profile and because I've been playing it as long as I have, my profile looks immaculate. But Mm -hmm. there are things that I don't understand about the game still. And I will go and ask questions. And I've had people literally be like, is this a joke? joke? How do you not know this? Yeah, they were like, how do you... You're that guy who made it to, like, the godskin apostle in Elden Ring and didn't know how to fast travel. And everyone's like, how did you do this? (laughs) I was like, I walked everywhere. What? Um, Yeah, but there's just certain things about, like, rules for trading and like how you can get certain items and there's things there's times i've asked and people will be like you can't trade that why are you asking about that and then i they'd be like what what's your angle here like they get confused because they're like you've been playing this longer than most people how do you not know these things i'm like because i've just been i've been soloing the whole thing i just have my own farm over here and i'm just doing the stuff myself myself but every once in a while something comes along where i'm like you see, oh, I'm a, I need to <laughs> trade this, but I don't know how you see, to see, I'm trade. a libertarian, and uh, I just have my own farm <laughs> out here, and I don't really talk to anyone else. Um, but it's just, it, they got a Christmas event going on right now, and the, the what's interesting is that because I did most of the stuff from last year, I don't have the request this year, because they just sort of bring them back every season, which I think <laughs> is like... It's it, it, which I think is good. I think oh, it's good for the good. people that haven't didn't play last year. That's to fair. Get the You're things right. Because the way the way it works is there are there are items that you can only get one time, and mm. they want to be sure that they can like okay, we're gonna bring that event back so people can get this one item. Oh, that's nice. Because it'll it will it will unlock a new region for you to search for specialty material that you can't get in your normal places, and it's. It just it just boils down all of the mechanics from different like MMOs, 
right? Of the collecting materials, crafting things, leveling up, doing all that. Because it, it's 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 just really simple, and it's a game I've spent so much time on, but I didn't feel like it was my 2022 game of the year. I feel like it's just yeah. a part of me now. It's just part of who I am now. It's not well, necessarily I'm... like 2022. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I get it. Brian, what's your what's your bonus this year? They could easily be my dishonorable mention, but they're not. Um, my dishonorable mention, and I talked about it a little bit on SideQuest, is uh, FIFA for this year. Or I guess it was FIFA twenty two. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. It like it's a competent enough soccer game as far as like kicking the ball to people and having that ball go places. Sometimes that messes up. But uh, in much the fashion of any EA game, EA sports game, probably EA game at this point, um, it is just broken, barely held together. Um, you, they'll have those like, you know, when you're watching like a sports cast and they have that UI with like, it appears over the field because it's it's TV and, uh, and like it shows like, well, here's how the such and such dude has been using his foot today. His foot isn't doing as well as his foot normally does. And, you know, here are the stats from last week and this week and stuff like that. That stuff just hangs over the game. Once that scene is done, sometimes it'll just be like the, 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 the graphic will just be suspended in air over the play field. It never went away. Um, it's it kind of like, you know, optional? When, huh? It's not, no, optional? no, this is just, this is just like, you know, they come back from halftime and like, well, let's look at the scores and the stats and all that stuff. And, uh, okay, here's kickoff. And that stuff just didn't flash away. I could see it's like just kind of the bottom of it hanging over the field. Not like part of the UI, like just a thing they showed coming back from a commercial break. Like the Ford F one fifty ad is still stuck over the field, basically. Like it's yeah. just it's it's just broken. <laughs> um, not as many like player model mess ups as that last Madden I played a few years ago. Like I don't have a bunch of characters just like you know twitching on the the field, but sometimes when they like come to congratulate each other, yeah, weird stuff will happen. Um, it's just a hot mess um, that, yeah, I didn't touch any of the, like, vilified loot box ult ultimate team stuff. No desire to get into that. I didn't even want to do a follow the player thing. I just wanted to pick, like, a club and control that club to victory. And it was like, nope, if you want to do that, you have to pick a guy. And so I picked a guy. And we went from Ireland to Mexico to Turkey. It was sure, whatever. Um, yeah, just a just a hot mess. I really wish I had been able to afford my ADHD medication that week because I probably wouldn't have played that game otherwise. Jeez, <laughs> oh god, it was really all. It was. All right, all right. I mean, they were like, "Here, FIFA's out. I should play FIFA." After two games, I probably would have set it down, but I don't know. Yeah. Take your medication, everybody. Afford your medication, everybody. <laughs> I would have taken um, it, like I said. All right. Let's officially start this list off. BC, right. we're circling 
back around to you. Go ahead and kick off your number five. Number yeah, my number five. five game of the year was obviously Spirit Tracks. No, absolutely yes. not. Yes, let's get into it. <laughs> I want to no. talk about There's a, You've talked about it. <laughs> capitalistic destruction of a... Whatever, never mind, let's go. Hey, how you doing? Believe it or not, we've talked about Spirit Tracks before. Um, no, I'm going to say my number five this year um, is... Asalon Tears of Earth. It would have been Divinity, but I didn't want to do a repeat. Um, because you're not allowed to do a repeat. Oh, I'm allowed to do a repeat? Then forget Asalon. No, you're, you're not allowed to do oh, yeah. You're the only one who's gotten away with it before, actually. True. You True. gave your number one to Into the Breach two times in a row. <laughs> yeah. It came out twice. Technically, the new version of Into the Breach came out. It's not my number one this year. Um, Asalon Tears of Earth. Really competent Metroidvania. Had a lot of fun with it. Um, I dug the time loop mechanic of it all. And as you... That is a storytelling mechanism is ancient, but also timeless. Pun intended. Um, (laughs) And so I, I think my favorite thing about that was just kind of... You had these three characters that had cool things and they were all unique. Uh, biggest criticism, I think, was one, the ending was kind of whatever when you got the true ending. And then two, if you knew what to do, you could kind of make your, one of your characters busted early on. Um, like the mage <laughs> character, like because he had a ranged attack. And if you upgraded correctly, you could just make him a monster at the start of the game. And uh, you only had to switch to the other characters when it was narratively or puzzle necessary. So right, but I mean that's more of a that's more of a me thing than anything else. Uh, I think it was really fun, especially in a world where there's a ton of Metroidvanias and you get kind of burnt out on them. It was really rewarding. So cool. Have you played time? Have you uh, played Time Spinner? Time Spinner? No, I have not. Yeah, it's not. It's it's more Castlevania Symphony of Night inspired. Oh, uh, but also also has a has a time mechanic sort of thing into it, and in, in in more ways than one. And it's uh it's pretty good. It's a pretty pretty looking game too, but it's uh it's pretty good. Sounds good. I generally don't care for the ending of a lot of Metroidvania games. I don't know why. Like, I get to the end, and I'm like, that's cool. Even if I beat it or not. A lot of times, it's just ridiculously difficult at the end. But, like, eh, I guess. That's... I see what you did. Fine. Yeah, with Asalon, it wasn't particularly difficult. Uh, It was just kind of, like, the way that the plot wraps up. Um, And you had to do a bunch of stuff. I I think you had to get... 100% 100% room completion, or not room completion, like 100% room discovery uh, to get the true ending. And oh, I think there was like one room that was just because of the way the map renders was really hard to see because it was a secret room and I had found the rooms around it. So I didn't necessarily see at a quick glance that there was a room there. Um, right. But yeah, know that the, the central plot idea is that you're going to this tower that's a tower controlled by the Gorgons and they're 
the source of the poison that's destroying your village is coming from this tower. And before you go in, one of the main characters has a um, has a pact, I guess you'd say, with this demon that's like, I'll keep resurrecting until me and my friends will keep resurrecting until I accomplish my my goal. And his goal is to kill these Gorgons. And so um, there's a cool way that that wraps up, but it's only after you um, it's only after you find all the rooms and then the plot is just kind of over. So. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, what did you play that on switch uh, i played it on switch yeah i think it's available on everything as most indies are these days that was the one that, that visual had more like nes style visuals right yeah okay yeah i remember you talking about this i remember looking that up okay well cool anything else for it nope that's it well my number five is something that took me by surprise uh, very recently, and that is Sonic Frontiers. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. I, put, I, I have a Sonic game in my top list. This is weird. This was the one that was I, I was back and forth of, like, is it an honorable mention or not? Thing is, I put 20 hours into this game already. This game is, it's, it's just, it's, it's a very, very, very fine game. Um, and the, the, the thing that keeps me playing it is just the big open zones. They're just these huge playgrounds for you to run through, to jump around and bounce off things and collect just all these little trinkets all around. And I could have potentially put this game up a little higher, maybe only like one spot considering what it's going up next to. If the... The shrines that they have, the shrines are basically the classic 3D Sonic levels, but they do it more similar to what they did with uh, Generations, where half of them are 2D, half of them are 3D, like behind the back of Sonic. And the problem is that the controls literally break in these levels because it's constantly changing camera angles. Yeah, it does that old. It does that old thing where if you're pushing left. And then the camera angle changes. You don't know actually what left is right now for like a second. Like it has mm-hmm. to reorient. And you're you're constantly moving so fast in this game. You gotta be moving and and you know, making split decisions on this stuff. And so there's so many times where literally I will be pushing left and Sonic will go right and I will die. There's <laughs> Jeremy, I balance... think that's an occupational hazard of moving around at the speed of sound. So it is, it truly is, it truly is. Um, but there is like no penalty for dying in this game, which I think is what makes it great. Like we, we've moved on past lives in so many video games. Right. Um, and this I mean, one, Odyssey, it, like it, just what took 10 coins away. It just it took like, some oh, coins. Away from me. Yeah. Uh, this one in these shrines, you just have, uh, these like four challenges, which is like the first one is just like completing the stage. The second one is completing it in S rank time, uh, which sometimes I get first time. I'll run through that just as quickly as I can trying to get to the engine. And I'll get S rank time. And I'm just like, yes, because then I can play through it again slower. 
where then the next one is beating it, beating the level with 50 rings on you. The last one being find all five of the red star coins in each level. And when you do all that, you get a bonus for it. And those bonuses feed back into the big open zone where your whole goal in each zone is to find all the chaos emeralds to become supersonic. And then you go into a boss battle. Obviously. And one of the things I'm going to play you guys some music and I'll have this playing for the listeners as well for a split second um, is the music that came on here where uh, this kicked on during a boss battle. And I was just like, oh, okay, this game is like real corny in the best ways right now. And I love this. So let me go ahead and play this. It's no city escape, but it's reaching for these new frontiers, man. It's just Did they get Circus Survive to write this, or <laughs> hey, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> This is where, like, this started playing, and I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm seeing this all the way through. This is super <laughs> corny. And it's, but then the, the thing is, the, the weird thing about the writing of this game is that it's actually good. Like, it's not, the story is like, oh, like, what what's going on in the world? The story with Robotnik, all that stuff, whatever. Um, but the interactions that you're having with Amy, Tails, Knuckles, and then the mysterious character that keeps following you around, it's just like good solid writing. Sonic? No. Okay. Um okay. it's just like good it's just good solid writing throughout the whole thing. And it's just these like nice character moments that you have in between. And I'm just like, okay, even though you I, I'm I'm playing to collecting these material things to get a a one minute cutscene where Sonic talks to Knuckles about their past. I'm just like, okay, that was fine. I like that. It just it mm-hmm. just felt nice. Anyways, back to jumping and flipping around in this giant map here. And it's just no. been a lot of fun and I can't wait to see the whole thing through. Uh, like I said, I put 20 hours into it so far. I'm probably like halfway through it. Though I I did realize now you can unlock almost everything through a couple different means you don't actually have to 100 percent everything in the map to get everything like there's it's just there's a lot of optional stuff and also you can play the fishing mini game and collect a whole lot of extra stuff on there so there's a, there's a fishing mini game in each one that you can just it's... repeatedly do it over and over and then get a whole bunch of the items that you would spend like time collecting through through this giant map does big make an appearance Thank oh yeah, you, he's BC. the one. Yeah, oh yeah, of course. He's okay. he's the only one there, and he's even Sonic is just like, "What are you doing here, Big?" And he's like, "I don't know. I just came here to fish. Do you want to fish with me, Sonic?" And I was like, "Yes, I do, Big. Yes, yeah. I do." I went out to the club and I woke up here, <laughs> like I always do. <laughs> so yeah, that's my number five game. <laughs> oh, Big. Oh. Brian, hi. Grace us with your number five game of 2022. Well, I mean, if you're not rocking stone, then then you ain't going home. I knew uh, this was I mean, going to be on right? your list. I wasn't am sure I right? how high though. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, I I want to play more of that game. I'm I we only played it for a little bit, and I absolutely adore the hell out of it. Um, it just procedurally generated 3D worlds uh, where you are a dwarf and like uh like a like a, a fantasy dwarf um that gets shot into a planet or an asteroid gets shot into an asteroid pretty much and you go mining for stuff and you bring it back and it's like even just the the loop of it is satisfying if not for the fact that there is tons of different game modes or run types you can be like i you know let's do this kind of run and so we're gonna have to like babysit this like machine that we're gonna have to power and eventually brian will figure out like how this works because he's just down there again because he doesn't understand that we have to plug this machine in but eventually i got it figured out and i was helping you guys with it but like there, there are just so many different kinds of modes even even in the run itself, let alone going back to the ship. And they've got a pretty sweet skill tree that is almost like civilization so that you're like going for like way down the skill tree to be like, okay, what do I need for that? Okay. How do I get that into my life? Okay. I have to get this thing and then go down this path and stuff. So it leads to a lot of us just standing around in in the base being like, no, 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 I'm, st I'm, st I'm still looking at this. It's like, okay, I'm going to go over here and, dance and drink or check one of the other five computers that are tracking certain things that we need to be doing um, tossing barrels and, into a into a movie yeah play, playing basketball yeah yeah that's right <laughs> that's um, about that. you you are you're bearing the lead though that this is very much a left for dead influenced game like this I mean, game plays yeah. very much like left for dead Although I, you, I you are dealing have... with, oh, you're, yeah, you're moving through that. these spaces and dealing with random swarms that will come around you. Yeah, I mean it's it's very similar to what Left 4 Dead does, where yeah. you have a general idea I, of moving yeah. around, and then every once in a while things go bad, and you have to deal with it in an in an action gameplay sort of thing. I, I yes, I do believe we those that name was invoked while we were playing it, but yeah, it it's very just. Yeah, it's pretty random. the The levels aren't the same like in Left 4 Dead, but you kind of know what yeah. you're getting if if you go to a certain area. Um, and yeah, it's four player co op. Uh, different classes. I was using like a support class, so I was making. Shoot, I had a gun that shot platforms into walls that we could use. Uh, other people had like a tether that they could, like a pulley rope that they could uh, shoot. And we would all ride it up together, and yeah, I don't know. It was cool. It, it was a good teamwork game. Um, yeah, I like that game a lot. There's there's a bunch of just biting, like crapping all over the absurdities of capitalism in it, which was great. Um, yeah, I really like the the fact that everybody had a different traversal item. So like you were talking about the platforms or the the pulleys or just. Uh, and everyone had some different support technique, even if they or support ability, even if they were a more offensive character. Like I mm -hmm. had a shield generator, even though like the entire point of my character was, you know, machine gun down enemies. I could still throw down a shield generator or make a uh, zip line for you all to use. And I think that was cool because mm -hmm. it was like 
depending on your composition of people, you're traversing these areas differently and you're taking on battles differently. Um, so it's fun. Should play that again. Uh, I I uh, I had my platforms leveled up on the skill tree to where they were soft, and so I could put one down. Because we early on we all had a lot of trouble of just like, or okay, I did especially falling off of things. Um, because I'm a mess to play co-op games with. I'm sorry, people. Uh, and I just, I would fall off and die and be at the bottom of a pit or like we would be running from a bunch of dudes and there's nowhere to go, but off this giant cliff. And after a while I could shoot a little landing pad for us at the bottom and we could escape that way. Uh, yeah, the, the zip lines went up and down, which was great. You could ride them up. Uh, yeah, that game's fun. I like, uh, I like a good co-op game. I yeah I I really enjoyed my time with it and it's it's not the kind of game I normally play but once I like got into a groove with it it was it was real satisfying to be jumping in there and I tend to I know I tend to get in more of a managerial sort of vibe <laughs> when I'm in these kind of games <laughs> where there there are times where I'm just sort of like it, especially when I'm playing with some friends that you know, maybe maybe they're not paying close attention, or uh, at least one of them is inebriated by mean. something. Where no, it's not just you, Brian. Like Brian, I've like you, you talked about your stuff, but then we have we have a friend of ours that is always just sort of like a wild card in terms of like, is he actually paying attention to what's going on here? Um, <laughs> True. And so there's times where I just have to be like, someone's got to take the reins here, and I I do enjoy it. But at the same time, there's th there, I, I'm just like, man, I'm doing this at work all day too, and <laughs> I kind of just like like over here telling people what to do. I'm just like, yeah, you know what? I wish I could. I wish I could find a a, a thing to like fall back into and not have to go along with that. That's why I like Divinity is where I could literally be like, okay, when we're in battle, I can be strategic with this stuff. But then when we're going into exploring things i'm gonna go off and do whatever i want to do and it may cause problems for you guys and i think that's gonna be funny uh but <laughs> at the same time i you know y'all can make your own decisions i'm gonna make my own and that's just how that's gonna be i'm gonna enjoy it my way where where something like um uh what's it called what's this game called again deep rock, uh, galactic. Deep rock galactic that one it requires yeah, I I only teamwork, said rock and right? stone yes yeah. it, it requires yeah. teamwork to, to succeed like you can fail um and it can be yeah. it can be real rough if you're if you're failing like back to back on something um just because then you're like all right we have to just like go back to an old level i guess and just get some material to try to upgrade because that's all we can do right now but yeah cause i still like to be upgrading your stuff it's not like like in what like the the salmon run where like I'll die in that a bunch in a row and be like, yeah, you know, whatever. I'm still having fun. I'm still getting capsules and like things to open up. So there's not like a, there's not a progression there other sure. than free stuff. So yeah. All right. Rock and uh, stone. Anything else? Anything else? For I you? don't know. You can high five everybody. Everyone can yell rock and stone together. Isn't there a thing on the launch drill ship that like you can, smack high five on that's just like hanging there yeah i think there's so. that 
I, I I don't know if it's that. There's the there's fuzzy dice that are hanging there. That yes. You can smack and they, they yeah. just bounce around. You can just go up and hit the fuzzy dice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rock and stone, baby. All right, let's go ahead. Uh, now nah, we'll 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 keep going and then we'll take a break. We'll do we'll do number four here and then we'll we'll go ahead and take a break. Brian, uh, BC, hit us with that number four. So my number four is gonna be Golden Crown Hotel. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Which started more recently, but absolutely scratched the itch that I wanted it to. Um, so I, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you've probably heard me talk about how much I like older roguelikes. So if you think of uh, Dwarf Fortress, which was kind of just reborn on Steam or mm-hmm. re-released on yeah. Steam recently. I've um, seen it a lot everywhere now. Yeah, Dungeon Crawl, Stone Soup, um, there's like NetHack, that sort of stuff. Uh, so I really like those older roguelikes, and this scratches that older roguelike itch. Um, I've been able to do a couple runs, finally one, one run, uh, but I just like the amount of thought that goes that goes into the game just with the transitions between uh, human and vampire and the strategy of like, oh, okay, I, I definitely want to stay human for this fight so I can use my spells, but maybe it's easier to not like to let myself turn into a vampire so I don't have to worry about hunger for a couple of levels so I can get through this area yeah. or this dungeon I'm in. Um, I also like how it works with, with light. So you've got different interactions with enemies and with yourself, depending on if there's sunlight in the room or moonlight in the room um you can play a bunch of runs really quickly um like you can sit down and play through a run really quick or you can take your time and go really deep with it so i don't know i really like it it's just a bunch of like wild hijinks and stuff you can do and it feels great so it sounds great yeah what's it on um, it, I think it's just on Steam right now, but uh, mm-hmm. pretty much any computer okay. should be able to play it. It it <laughs> seems it from what I've seen on it though, it looks like it should also be a game that'll come to something like Switch, right? Like yeah. I mean, it's, it it seems like it would be p- capable. Yeah, the Switch Everything would definitely be eventually. capable of running it. It's not something very resource intensive, uh, or or pretty... something that. I guess the question is, do you have to just use, like, a mouse to click on things? Um, no, actually, I for those sorts of games you play primarily with the D-pad, you can use the, the yeah, mouse, yeah. but I play primarily with the keyboard. So See, uh, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like you can... Or uh... WASD moves around, yeah. and then, like, keyboard shortcuts are how you do most things. So you pull up your potions with the button, and then you pick which one with another button on the keyboard uh so it's definitely something they could move to switch and maybe you know add a radio menu or just add a sub menu um i mean they've done similar games on an iphone which has not a lot of controls so right switch cool anything else no that's it all right my number four again. This is funny, just having this right next to Sonic Frontiers, because um, this. Let's. I'll be honest. This is a considerably better game that's in a similar genre. Uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Oh, I never oh, yeah. got around to playing this. Neither uh, did I. 
Everybody loved it. Yeah, I haven't I haven't really played a Kirby game to completion in a long time. Mm. Um, something about like so I I tried a number of these and I think the challenge on them is what turned me off. But what was really needed, I guess, was giving Kirby an extra dimension of movement because this is this is not like the previous Kirby games that are almost all entirely like mainline Kirby games are 2d platformers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with occasionally throwing some depth in on the 3ds games and like the 64 one would let you like choose a path to go down occasionally. And it would change the angle that you were looking at slightly, but you were always just moving on a single plane. And for Kirby in the forgotten land, this is a, a 3d game that plays very much like, honestly, it reminded me a lot of Mario 3d land on 3ds that it's it's not like a big open world thing it's all level based and mm-hmm. the, you have some areas that you can move around a bit more than you can but for the most part you have these confined 3d spaces to, to mess around with it, it is a you know 3d platformer lots of collectibles to find um lots of moves to find on there and some like fun bonus things to to get along the way powering up your moves is it's fine it doesn't it doesn't like drastically change things it just makes you a little bit stronger and the way the progression works on it you kind of feel like you have to do it anyway because as the levels go on there's uh bonus challenges that require you to have certain upgrades and so you have to basically buy those upgrades to to get everything. It's not like you get to be real creative about like where you go with all of this. It's it's really just as you go along. It's it, it is nice to see. Okay, this fire move that I had before, I originally I just spat out a fireball, but by the end of it, I turn into this flaming dragon that flies through the air and like you know sprays fire all over the place every time I use it, and that it's fun, but it doesn't necessarily like change the mechanics of the game but the game is gorgeous it sounds amazing the boss battles are super fun you have to do a few of them like multiple times unfortunately they're really fun to do so you don't get tired of it um the final battle so it does it does the thing it has a post game which is really cool for a game like this where you beat the game but then it's like well, if you, you got to collect all these things, and then it opens up this other world that gives you much harder levels to go through, which is something I know that I always want from a Kirby game is I want those challenging levels because for the most yeah. part, the, the game is not challenging. But when you get to those last few levels to get to the, the very end, it is a challenge and it was really rewarding to get all the way in, uh, all the way through it. And the final battle, it was just so epic it's it was just so cool, like all the stuff that was going. I mean, it was it was anime style, epic, final battle kind of thing, with with a pink puffball. Uh, and I think I've so seen good. it. I think I I think I watched it uh, during a speed run because they that got a, a speed run community pretty quick. I mean, I don't know if it's still actually going, but like a bunch of people were were way into to chasing that record down because it only ended up being like an hour and a half. So yeah, really um, that final battle is pretty nuts. That that's crazy to me. I got to look that up. You can, you can complete <laughs> the game it's in an hour cool and a half. Run. It's a pretty cool run. Okay. 
Um, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, that, that does not, I mean, I know that's the whole speed running thing. That seems impossible. Like be, beating that game in an hour and a half because of the way that the, the things are partitioned out. Like, unless you're like totally glitching the game. But what do I know? Um, I, I, I took my sweet time with it, getting all the collectibles and everything. So, uh, yeah, down to one hour, 37, 42 seconds. I'm looking that up after this. So, yeah. I need to see that. But, yeah, that's my number four game. Uh, it was it was great. It's a really fun, solid game to have on Switch. And it's what Kirby needs, and I hope that we continue with this Kirby stuff, that we don't go back to the strictly 2D platformer games for, for the Kirby series. Well, you know, maybe he's got more time now that he's not messing with Smash. Hopefully. Oh, I mean, this isn't this isn't Sakurai. I mean, like he's not. He might oversee it, but it's, he's not making this game anymore. But that's why I mean, now he doesn't have to do Smash. He can go crazy on the Kirby. You know, I think I think he wants to make another Kid Icarus game. That's what that. If if you listen to him Have on Twitter, that's what he's been talking about. But yeah, anyway. just Brian keep him away from Smash. He needs like to live his life. <laughs> Brian, go ahead and uh, close out the first half of this episode with your number four. All right. We're going to talk about Rogue Heroes, Ruins of Tassos, another co-op game that we played a lot of, which, um, yeah, you could unlock classes and power-ups to run through that game, but early on, there's just all sorts of weapons and different grades of those weapons that allow you to do the different kinds of fantasy attacks and things like that. So you can pretty much from the get go be like, okay, give me that. I'll take the bow or like, Hey, I dropped, I'm not going to use this magic. Does anybody want it? Or I've got magic. I've got magic too, or whatever. And for for the listeners, this is a 2d Zelda like with four player co-op similar to four swords adventures. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, you drop into four play. It is really similar to Four Swords Adventures. That's true. Um, th- thanks. I-, I forgot about the uh, Deep Rock Galactic being similar to Left 4 Dead. Well, just yeah. just this- describing what the game is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I-, I was just going to say, from the get-go, you can have a pretty varied team experience. But, yeah, you're basically running through... Uh, you know, a link to the past or four sword style dungeons doing puzzles together. Sometimes those puzzles are, I'm going to go over here and let that, those two people figure it out because putting four heads into this puzzle just makes it worse. And sometimes it's a puzzle where all of us are just like, yeah, no, burn that down, jump over here, burn that down, hit that switch. I got this switch. I got this switch. And uh, teamwork comes together pretty quickly in that. Sometimes you have too many links in the dungeon. Yeah, you know, if, if you can't you know have too I mean. many links in the dungeon. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, the teamwork comes together pretty quick in that game. Uh, and the yeah, when you get to build your own hometown and so it it is a lot of it it's kind of the same thing. Both of these games on my list, I enjoyed so much just like playing with you guys. Um, and that's what made them a lot of like when I thought back on this year, I tried to take them off. I tried to take one of these off, and I just couldn't. Um, I enjoy. I enjoyed them. 
very much. Well, that's good. Uh, anything else for Ruins of Tassos? Yeah, it, it yeah, it's Four Swords with your friends. Go play it. Um, we got to with, like the swamp. Four area. Swords Online. Yeah, yeah, Four Swords Online. Uh, you can play it alone, or you can play with friends. I and, I uh, need one multiplayer game. That's that's all I need, and I'm guessing it's probably going to be Baldur's Gate three coming up is really what's going to be for me. And so I'm ready. That's why so with a I'm lot of these other it. games where we talk about like, yeah, I liked it. I really I had a good time with it, but I'm not going to be able to make time to go back to it. And so it's yeah. really like I got I if if we're going to commit to a game, it's going to be like the game that we play for the next year kind of thing as our as our once every other week multiplayer session or something like that that I can afford. But that's just me. That's that's my own personal situation. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, why don't we go ahead and take a quick break because this has already been a very long first half. When we get back, we're going to close out the list of our games of the year of 2022. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Games of the Year of 2022 here at Chat of the Wild. So far, we uh, we went through our, our first four and five games as well as an honorable and dishonorable mention bc let's continue this with your number three my number three is going to be inscription um all right yay what, what that was that was high up for me last year wasn't it i think so i 180'd on this game where i went from oh this is okay to oh this game is pretty cool um for those who haven't played Inscription, please make sure you play through all the parts. I thought I had beaten the game after I finished, like, after I beat my first run. And I was like, oh, that's that's it. That's the game. There you go. Or it, was, it was my second time playing through. So my first run, the game does a thing where it it basically sets up a board that you can't beat if you try and go through too fast. Like, you're progressing through the game more quickly than you're going yeah. through the plot yeah and yeah i didn't first uh, run, I, I, I hit that wall too and, and then, uh i did not make it back to that fight for a long time oh i uh so <laughs> i hit that wall the first time and yeah then the second time when i hit that wall i just obliterated it and finished the run so i was like oh okay that's it that's the game that's all there is to see and it was not all there was to see. There's so much more. And just, Brian, have you ha, have you completed it? I don't know if we want to do I have, for... I've gotten to the final part. I, I did the, the final part. Parts. Um, in The acts or... Acts, sure. Is that what we want to call them? We can call them acts. Uh, I, have, I have started... Uh, a third. I mean, because we usually talk about spoils. I've started a third reality. I don't know. 
Okay. Yeah, so. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I was gonna ask a, a couple obscure questions, but like, yes, that I think that clears it up. Yes. Yeah. I, th- there was a moment where I, I, I texted. I think I texted Jeremy, and I was like, "Oh yeah, blah 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 blah." And he's like, "Have you done mm. this?" And I was like, "No, not yet." And he's like, "Okay, keep going. You're just yeah, in the beginning. Got, there's more to it. You um, you were in the tutorial. <laughs> the way, yeah, yeah. The way that game opens up is." It's pretty good, and it's it's very unsettling, and it's it's very it's not it's not clear, but like you know that there's more happening. Yeah, I think my one I, criticism of uh, Inscription is that the the opening is just so strong. Like the 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 end of the game is good, is fun, is ridiculous, uh, and what it does from a um a narrative perspective is is pretty cool uh especially if you play it on pc and not on a ps4 like i did but um the beginning of the game is just so fun the other parts aren't bad but the opening is just so fun that that's what i Mm -hmm. wanted to do a bunch of like um so yeah that is that is inscription it's yeah um i I need to just note real quick, it, Inscription was not, even though I played it, I played it late last year, it wasn't on my game of the year because I don't think I had like gotten far in it at the time that we were recording. And so I think I yeah. finished it December, late December. Um, and so it didn't, it, it didn't qualify, I guess you could say, for, for my stuff because I didn't play it at all this year. I finished it after we recorded that other one. But no, I got, it, it would have easily been on my number one. Um, it could have, it, it, I think it could have made my number one this year if I had played it, but, um, yeah, it didn't qualify and I didn't think about it. Cause I was like, yeah, I did it last year. Oh yeah. It was definitely on my list last year. No, it wasn't. Cause <laughs> I'd already made up my list before I started playing the game. <laughs> oh, I mean, that counts we, you know, it messed up my list. list closes, Someone else is saying next... it. That's fine. And BC, yeah. I need to, I need to talk to you. I need to just like explain a couple things to you about like lore of the previous games that I think you'll really enjoy. Oh yeah, um, I th- I think that's another thing is after after I beat the game, um, like I, maybe it was you, Jeremy, who told me to like look up the. I I haven't read through it because it was a lot, but there was a whole like mm-hmm. ARG that went along with this game. There uh, is that, yes. There's ARG, and then there's like lore from previous games. So there's a lot to mm-hmm. to unpack. Just playing through the game, a bunch of stuff happens that you're like, oh, okay, this is wild. Um, but there's more to it. So yeah, yeah. There, it's it's Pony Island and the Hex are the two previous games. Um, the Hex is a Pony Island is a very simple auto run game that turns into some wild stuff in the same way that inscription does the hex is more story driven and it's kind of like a kind of like an rpg um but it is it it is like i said it's flat out more here is a story that we're telling that does go into some wild places um but there is a connected universe between all three of those. And I, I can tell you, I can tell you a couple things that I think is just like the important thing to take from it afterwards, but I won't, I don't want to spoil it on here. <sighs> go back and I'm, I'm, I just put those on my games to play for 2023 list. So, 
Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, in that case, yeah, I won't, I won't bring it up then. All right. Um, my number three for this year is the case of the golden idol. I mentioned this once before. Uh, I think I said like last time we talked about the side quest, I was like, Oh, I finished this game. Um, one of you, only one of you was on that episode with me. I can't remember which one. Yes. Um, I was missing. Okay. And BC, you look like you don't even remember it. <laughs> this is like a point and click adventure sort of thing, right? Sort of. It, it sounds like the title of a point and click adventure game. Yeah, you made that joke about it sounding like a Monkey Island game. Yeah, I think I mentioned I was playing it. This sounds like Monkey Island. What one of you? One of you did that. Either way, let me. Okay, so this is a murder (laughs) mystery game. High five, BC. Whoever did it, we both said it. Um, (laughs) that looks like that looks like it's uh, built in scum, like the old Monkey Islands. No, as soon as um, you said. The, the title I was just like transported to a Lucasfilm point and click adventure game. Like, I don't know why. Yeah. And I was like, that's weird. And I just tucked it away for a little while to think about it later. Uh, but this is a, <laughs> this is a 2022 game. This game came out just like in September, I think September, or October. Okay. Uh, the way that it works is that you are given like single still, not quite still images, but slight animation to them. There's, it's mostly like people like breathing, like you can just see their bodies moving, like breathing or something like that. Um, and your goal is to figure out who died and how. And you don't know any of these people's names. You don't know anything about these people every time a new like chapter starts. But you can zoom in to all these different things. You can look in their pocket. You can find a letter in there. It all takes place in like a, you know, like a 1800s kind of setting. Like there isn't there isn't technology in here or anything like that. There is mysticism uh, that does go. That's actually, I think, like what makes it really interesting in the end that changes a lot. And you see like the whole thing takes place over like 20 years and it's only like 12 chapters. So there's only like 12 levels of you figuring things out. But the way that you interact with it is by finding keywords and you can pull those keywords out of it into your inventory. And then you move the words around into something that looks like Mad Libs that it will say most of what's going on. But you need to fill in some of the blanks. I do. Yeah. We're talking thing, about this now. Yes. Yeah. And the best thing, the best way to start, in my opinion, is to figure out who people are. And so you're going to want to look for as many names as possible. And it will tell you when you've seen all the keywords for each level. So it's got a little like blank out of 36. And as you get it, it fills up. And when it's done, it's all green. And then each of the guessing areas is segmented out that if you get it right, it will lock in for you. So it does it. It's a very Sudoku like mechanic where you're given uh, you're given all of the answers right in front of you, but the whole point is that if you solve this corner here, that will let you then get more clues as to what goes over to this corner here. And I said it's very similar to the mechanics of uh, Return to the Obra Dinn, which is another one of my all-time favorites. And this game does it... I'm not a fan of the art style or the presentation, but the story that it tells and the way that it demands you to solve these problems and the aha moments that you get throughout it are fantastic. The game's fairly short. I think I got it beat in like six or seven hours total. Um, but same for Oberdin. Oberdin's not a long game either. It's just 
it's just like everything that needs to be in just like a small package, right? I don't need a giant epic game if what it's doing does what it needs to do and then, then, you know, closes the book in the end. That's Um, right, epic games. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) uh, But this... uh, this game is just very interesting. It's different than so many other games, even though it's clearly inspired by like old LucasArts games in its style. The way that you actually play it is unlike anything else. And just the, the way everything unfolds and you learning who certain people are and then seeing you jump ahead like year months or years each time from each chapter and putting together like, wait, they did what? Like they, they, it, it, it ends up turned into like, you find out a cult is, is created through all of this. And that cult eventually rises to power. And it's just like, what happened right. here? And then you can like piece everything back. Cause it does a really cool thing that in the last like two chapters, it unlocks a quick bar at the top that lets you then quickly jump to previous chapters because you're going to need information from those previous chapters now where it's not just you have the information here. It's like, you need to know who this person is, but not only that you need to know who this person changed their identity to. And you need to like figure this out too. And it's just like, Oh, that may, Oh, that person didn't actually die. They faked their death and they're this person now. And it's like, Oh, this changes everything. Um, And I don't think, I don't think that's a spoiler because it's like, it's still, it takes work to figure out like what's happening here um, and like how this happened, but it's, it's incredible. And I do want to like, uh, I want to say there, there's something that happens with the, the like mystical sort of thing that changes a lot of it. That was just so cool. And I guess I can, I'll put in a spoiler right now. This is, this game's only, I mean, do you guys care? Are you going to play this? <laughs> I, it sounds interesting. I, but yeah, go ahead. Okay, yeah, spoilers for Spoilers for the next minute, I guess. The Golden Idol is a device that can make someone age and de-age. And you don't learn that okay. until, like, the very end. And so you find out that the, one of the people that was very old at the beginning is actually the leader of this cult that has taken over the country and has completely changed how we, like, the rule of law has become, you have to follow these rules, and if you don't, you will be punished by gaining age and you have to figure out who people are but you're like wait why does this person look totally different because they're 30 years older while everyone else only aged a month and it's like oh what like (laughs) it's crazy anyway (sighs) hooray anyway that's um that is the case of gold medal it's it's a really good twist um Anyway, uh, that that is my number three game, and uh, Brian, I will go ahead and hand the the baton off to you now. My number three game is Splatoon three. Oh, that's convenient. Mm. Yeah, you know, it just kind of fit right there. It uh, it was at number two until I remembered another game. So, yep, I get that. Oh wait, no, that was something else. Never mind. Hey, Splatoon three is a good game. Uh, I like it way more than Splatoon 2. So, that's good. I like the single player of it. 
And I mean, the multiplayer is still just like, I feel like it's the same solid multiplayer that we've had since the first game. Yeah. It's just like slight improvements here and there. Yeah. And I'm starting to, to, to branch out into different weapons and way more than I ever did before. Um, and I think, I think what a, a lot of it, uh, what I'm liking the most is just the ults are better. Uh, that's really what it is. I find them more interesting. I actually use one, whereas before I would just find my one and stick with it or, or something like that. Like now I actually don't mind like trying to use different ults. Uh, I suck at it. Are, on... you, sa- are you saying ults or alts? <laughs> Ults, ultimate, okay, ultimate with a U, uh, with yeah. a U. okay, my, okay. <laughs> my power shot. My my ults, my ults. <laughs> Put an umlaut over it and ults. Uh, in in Salmon Run, however, I am like I do not remember my ult. Uh, in fact, if I use it, it's because I accidentally clicked. My crappy Joy-Con right stick. So, <laughs> yeah, basically there are times where I will just double double use my ult back to back, and they'll be like, "Luigi," and I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> sorry. sorry." As I said before, I'm not a great person at co-op <laughs> games. Sometimes there are things that I just can't do. Um, but you love so, yeah. them very, very much. I do. I have them in my like my third, fourth, and fifth place because <laughs> I like hanging out with people. At least, right? So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Splatoon Three is great. Uh, I also like the single player. I finally got into it a little bit more, and um, yeah, I spend as much time out of the levels as I do in them. Just just uncovering the map is a uh, is fun, right? I mean, at least for me. Yeah, just looking yeah. for stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I I just I fell off the game. Like it's not anything against the game. It's just another one of those things that like multiplayer stuff doesn't speak to me so much. And other games came around and I was just sort of like everyone's going to be better than me now. I don't want to play. <laughs> I do want to finish yeah, no, the single I... player. I think I'm going to make a I'm going to make a point to finish the single player in the next like 6 months or so. I I I definitely will at some point because I I chewed through the single player in one and two real fast, um, mm-hmm. and in this one I've just been playing the multiplayer for the most part. Um, Splatfest has been pretty fun. Um, I don't know what I don't know what it is with Shiver fans, but like they're brutal, and whatever hat like they just they are coordinated brutal assholes. I don't know, so. They haven't won every Splatfest, but like anytime I go up a team, most most times I go up against the Shiver team, um, it is it is brutal. So, yeah. Well, it's Splatoon three then, huh? I mean, you know, it's Splatoon. It's more sure. It's, it's more Splatoon. It's Splatoon, right? I think it's uh, th- there are improvements, and then there are things that just Nintendo won't ever ever improve because they just don't know i like i like that there is somewhat of a seasoned system in it but like not like a season pass there's a catalog and if you level up that which those points are way easier to get uh they're different from your um overall like level number 
Um, and it just unlocks a bunch of silly, goofy crap. It, it's got the Animal Crossing New Horizons thing where you could put like a phrase on your name and you could pick from like a, mm-hmm. a starting and an ending phrase. And so my ending phrase is... It, they let they let you just use the word head like come on nintendo should have thought better <laughs> about that so i use i find all sorts of things to go in front of head to make it just really weird and awkward and, and uh yeah can you can you I tell like us what one one of the names or is it not appropriate for our oh, show oh i i don't know i was running around with the crusty head for a while okay that's fine. um but yeah mandatory head um uh. You know, just, just, just really weird. Yeah, it's okay. just like, why did okay. you put that in there? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Yay! Splatoon three, yeah, number three. <laughs> the whole, the um, whole thing. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, yeah, I farted. Yeah, I farted, gentlemen. Um, I farted head. Yeah. So you know, I I like the setting is just like. They went to the desert and found it a new place. Um, I guess they're the last. I forgot about this. The last Splatfest in Splatoon Two was Order or Chaos, and Chaos won. And so, like the new Splatsville is is like Anarchy Chaos, whereas bef- Order would have been like a like a maybe like a futuristic society or something like that. But huh. Chaos won, so. Well, they did that. The end of Splatoon One was Callie versus Marie, and that decided who the villain was for Splatoon Two. That's right. Okay, I forgot about that one. Yeah, so that's that's cool that they do stuff like that. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Henshin a go go baby. What? <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, BC, give us that number two. Number two is going to be a game, another game I I did a 180 on from before I played it, thinking it was incredibly dumb looking to playing a ton of this game every week, and that's Slay the Spire. I don't know what it was about 2022 that this was the year of card games, but it was. <laughs> um, I I played so much Slay the Spire, y'all, just an irresponsible amount of Slay the Spire. Um, like I said, I did one run of it, but I saw you on all the time. Yeah, classic or new. Well, it's just like a game I can sit down and play on my lunch break, or sit down and play, you know, before I do something else. Like, oh, I'm something's in the oven for forty minutes. I can, you know, get in a quick game of Slay the Spire. I have to be somewhere in an hour, or start walking somewhere in an hour. I can get in a quick game of Slay the Spire. So that. Made it really fun. Um, right now, I'm just trying to get through all the ascension levels, so all the the bonus dip difficulty levels, kind of like Heat in Hades. Uh, but I'm trying to do that for mm-hmm. the Watcher, which is my favorite character. Uh, and my friend who got me into the game does not like the Watcher, cannot play him. So that's kind of my thing. <laughs> just gonna succeed where he failed. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, just sometimes you you think everything's going great and you lose miserably. Sometimes you think everything's going miserably and you win in new and exciting ways. So uh, once I once I <laughs> I'm on Ascension ten right now, I think, and once I beat a twenty, 
I'll probably be done with the game at least for a very long time. But uh, until then, it's going to be my uh, 30 minutes to kill, sit down and play a run game. Sure. Roguelike nice. of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Is, for me, is it? Is it? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I haven't got a chance to play Rogue Legacy yet. That'll be, probably be on my list for next year. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe when they uh, iron out some things and don't delete my save, maybe it'll be on my list next year, too. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, well, speaking is, is Rock and Stone, Rock and Stone, is Deep Rock Galactic my favorite roguelike of the year? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that a rogue? I, w- I don't know if I would call that a roguelike. I mean, Anything's kind a roguelike of. now, Jeremy. Anything's a roguelike. That's it's true. like. It was procedurally generated worlds and it's runs a, and we jump It's into. like a roguelike. <laughs> it's a roguelike-like. It's roguelike-like. Roguesque-like. Well, it's funny it's that not. we're saying it's that not. because uh, my number two game is also a roguelike. Uh, Vampire Survivors. Yay. This is a game that a lot of people have been talking about, and it's one that I've been obsessed with. Um, it's so good. It, also, it just came to mobile, too. They just put a free version on mobile. Oh, all right. It well is then. like, it is the game, too. It's like a complete as far as I can tell, it's everything that's in the main game is also in the I, yeah. game. I didn't play enough free. of it to get it on this list, but oh boy, that is a game that got criminally overlooked by uh, whatever Jeff's doing these days. The the Keeleys? Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is a overhead survival... <laughs> like TV video game awards. Yeah, survival swarm game one of the things that i i had seen in the mobile ad for it that i didn't think about is that that said you are the bullet hell and i was like oh okay i kind of that kind of actually makes sense now <laughs> you are the hell of bullets that's, that's yeah a good one you are upgrading your character to just auto launch things out of you and that's that's the whole the whole premise is that yeah. you don't activate the stuff on your own everything's on a timer and all you're doing is moving your character around. You can do this with yeah. a single joystick. It's perfect for mobile. It's like, you know, just do it with one hand. They don't even do the virtual uh, joystick looking thing on there. They're just like, yeah, yeah, just put your thumb on it and slide around. You know how this works. And it's just like, yeah, yeah okay, I do. Um, but it's I've like, been playing it's like this. you have a super, super powered ship in like a old side scrolling shoot 'em up. Like when your ship has every bell and whistle that you can get on mm-hmm. it and you just. You just you're just moving like in a direction at that point, <laughs> right? And that's how this game works. So it was funny starting the mobile game over again, and then I was like, "Oh, this is how slow the game was at the start." I just forgot because yeah. you can use gold that you get from each run to then unlock permanent upgrades. But eventually, you unlock all those permanent upgrades. And it's like, okay, there's nothing else on there. You may want to add curses now because curses just up the difficulty. And the difficulty will give you more coins uh, for each run, things like that. Um, But what you're really doing is looking at the unlocks and they kind of tell you what you need to do to unlock a thing. Do this and it will add this new item into the inventory. Um, And so that becomes the chase after getting all of the upgrades on there. Like, I feel like you can unlock and power up all the permanent upgrades pretty quick. And then after that, you're cha- although who knows? Like this this was also the game that I would 
ter- turn on my Steam Deck, turn the volume all the way down, and then just have conversations with my partner because it's like it's it's yeah. mi- it can be mindless in that way where I can just be like. Yeah, I'm just I just got to dodge this these skeletons. Like there's a swarm of skeletons coming through. I just got to find a little path in between that I can work my way through them um and in order to keep damaging them without me getting hit. Right. And this game and is $5 stare this direction as I do it. This <laughs> this little thing will pop off of like my left shoulder and kill them, you know, as I pass or something and give me a little yeah. bit more room. <laughs> this but yeah this game this game is five dollars and i've spent like 40 hours in it and they're gonna be doing a dlc next like next week they're doing like a three dollar yeah. dlc that adds like 14 new characters or something and like eight new items and like a whole new world which like they're they're actually adding more things into the single world that's gonna make it different than all the other ones and it's just a really simple looking game but it's so addictive yeah. And it's just so much fun and very satisfying once you fully max out and you're just melting the enemies because you can eventually unlock a thing that lets you overpower your items and you can get it where it happens once and you can click a thing. And I'm just like, you just give me a random stat boost every time I level up. Just do that for me. I don't even need to see it. And so I can just sit there and it's like you can just see these like random little things where suddenly this is going faster and this is going bigger. And it's like it just keeps going and going and going. And... <laughs> It, it can just, like, you can get to a point, I can get to a point right now where I can let the game literally run on its own at, cer- at, a, at a certain point, which you don't necessarily want to do. You get somewhere where you're like, okay, I completed the task that I needed to do here. I need to just quit out of the game because even the Grim Reaper that would show up after 30 minutes can't touch me right now. <laughs> like, he, it's it's I'm stronger than death at this point. And so right. I just need to go and go back to the menu and take on another challenge. I am I love bullet it. I love it so much. Yeah. It's on Xbox now. I think it'll probably be on PlayStation soon. I don't it, maybe it, it can come to Switch. They put a lot on that screen, so it's going to be hard to get it. I feel like on Switch um with with the maybe with mobile because it's a smaller screen and they make the sprites smaller, it's different, but I don't know. Um we'll we'll see. I I wouldn't be surprised, but it's still like a demanding game. There's times where I'm on my Steam Deck and that fan kicks on when there's so many enemies on there, even though it's just this like pixel art kind of stuff. But anyway, Vampire Survivors, my number two. Vampire Survivors. Brian, hit us with that number two. Um, So I played a game, and this does count because it was after last year, and I played it the last week of last year. Um, And it was fantastic and i i had to stop and and check just to make sure because i remembered the game and i almost it almost didn't make my list and i checked last year's to make sure i hadn't nominated it before and bug snacks is my number two um okay also <laughs> also a sucker for an adventure game am i uh very much so especially one that was just like this surreal and weird and like earnest and like believable like all these people like live in this world they live like you know that you're a journalist that gets sent to an island and like there's just people who've been went here to explore a long time ago but they all live in like this they come from the same like society or whatever like everybody was just like that it i 
I believed the weird world I was sitting in, and uh, also a weirdly horny game. I wasn't ready for that either. <laughs> but um, yeah, you, you you kind of feed people these little creatures. Um, they they there are just little bug snacks running around, fruits and and burgers. The the burger, the little burger guy. I need that plushie. Um, in my life, bunger. because bunger, bunger, ah, oh, bunger. bunger I, there bunger, was bunger, one bunger. Bunger bunger. bunger, 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 Um, there was one that I kept with me the whole run because he, like, he was my first buddy, and old bunger and I uh tore through that island. There's a bunch of like, yeah, it's it's like, hey, I need this to happen. Very adventure gamey. Um, like when you feed people. The bug snacks, their like limbs start to turn into them, and sometimes they want you to like get the right kind of limbs, or catch catch a certain kind of bug that will do that for them. And each bug needs to be caught in a different way using different traps. Um, do you have a question, BC? No, I'm stretching. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, using different like methods, you can scare them. You can. Um, oh crap! What are they? they? They give you more as the game goes on. So you have to use condiments uh, in some cases. Uh, some like different kinds of condiments more than others. I think it's like ranch, ketchup, mustard. <laughs> but um, yeah, and as it goes along, as happens with a lot of my favorite games, it just gets weirder and weirder and stranger and just weird <laughs> you you Things finished just... it right oh yeah i did okay oh i definitely yeah. I, I i think i streamed this and i got almost all the way to the end and like it was just i was not ready for this game to go this way and i will be here tomorrow a day that i don't normally stream i need to finish this like this is going to be i have to see how this ends yeah yeah that game is something else like you didn't realize it was in, there was gonna be some John Carpenter influence in this eventually. Like I didn't know so how deep it was gonna go. As someone who What's does that? not have a PS5, I'm very intrigued by this now. It's on yeah. PS4. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, well, then I have to get this now. Pretty sure it is. I, I uh, yeah, because I I definitely booted it up because it was free for for getting a PS5, and I never checked yeah. it out. Because this, I had owned a PS5 like for a year at this point, and so like I was like, you know what? Let's play this. Who? I need something to play on stream today, and I've and it had a cute E3 trailer, and that's I know it's an adventure game with like food stuff and people's limbs turning into food, and that just seems weird. And let's check it out. And oh boy, um, it's very sweet. It's um ultimately it's like it's a very sweet story but like it is just whew, it goes places man <laughs> and uh and yeah and also just some of those uh some of the the traps and ways you have to get guys at the end of that game like it just it ramps up in a way that i enjoyed and if you like weird adventure games i seem to like adventure games more than i like point-and-click adventure games like i like the scum ones but outside of those more modern point-and-click adventure games like i just 
I eventually just kind of fall off of them. And uh, yeah, this is this was good. This was really good. Bungers it is on PS4. Please. It is on PS4. It is on PS4. All right. Added to the list. All right. Yeah. So let us know. I I am going to assume Brandon BC have the same number one. Uh, probably. BC, BC it, go ahead. Well, it's very likely. That number um, one. So my number one for this year, hands down, Elden Ring. Uh, oh yeah. Oh all yeah. All right. It is. Like, I will just. Are you kidding? I, yeah, I I will just say this, and then I'm going to leave it just to you guys. Elden Ring is an amazing game, but also I realized I'm just not a From Software guy. <laughs> like I think I just like. I can appreciate the game, but eventually I just get to the point where I'm um, just like, screw this game. And I leave. <laughs> even, a, even after 50 hours into this, I still got to that point. And it's it's a well-made game. It's just not my kind of game. That's why it's not on my list. I knew you guys would have it on your list, so it would get plenty of time to talk about. And I don't want to I don't want to disparage it any any more than that. Well, I, I would say I'm not a from soft guy either. I d- generally don't and enjoy these games and and almost didn't make it to hour 10 when it finally clicked and that was the moment that I texted you and was like Jeremy should we stop everything we are doing right now and start an Elden Ring season of Chat of the Wild <laughs> and you're like I don't know if we need to do that and I'm just like that that's the moment where it clicked and I was like oh god I am so happy to be where I am right now and and I just kept playing the game and it just kept getting better and better and better. And like, I have not beaten the game. I suck at it. I am awful at FromSoft games. Uh, they gave me a horse and a flail. And like, that got me through 50 hours of grueling uh, overworld. And like, just the 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 concessions they give for people who even with those concessions still suck like me is amazing that this game is so good. It's so good. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. PC. No, I, um, I played some from soft games before I own demon souls for the PS three, the original one. Uh, I played a lot of bloodborne. I played some of dark souls three, the remaster. This is the one that I played the most. And, uh, I, gotta say i love this game just i I think it was also sort of a a zeitgeist thing where everybody was playing elden ring so every time you talk to somebody about elden ring you'd be like oh yeah so i ran into this and they'd be like what i've never even seen that and you talk yeah and then they're talking and you have the same reaction uh where it's like oh yeah i just hit this this part of uh part of the map and they're like did you see this thing um I I think the most surreal moment would be every time the map expanded. So every time you got somewhere new and then the map opened up, even Backed through the end of bit. the game, I was like, you got to be kidding me. There's no way. <laughs> um, <laughs> or just thinking every time I thought I had filled out like the regions on the map and I had definitely mm-hmm. not. Um, I had like crawled up and down back and like on, on the, uh, like the first little weeping peninsula, I think is what it's called. Like yeah. the first little area off to the side was like, I, I got brave one day and I was like, I have a horse and I have this, I like, I can do this. I can at least map this out, look at everything, 
kill some guys. You know, if it, if I take way too much time to do it, I can do that. Um, and and map this whole area out. And like a hundred hours later, there was stuff there that was like, oh, you didn't find this this one. Thing. No, I crawled over that entire map. I did not find that. How did I not find this? Like, um, yeah. <laughs> just the There's scale just so of it much. was massive. The enemy variety, and, and I think was... I think you were right about talking about the zeitgeist. Like, yeah, that's that's important. Yeah, yeah. It, or, I I I think the thing too with this game, which there, there's a lot that can be said about from software difficulty, good and bad, but you kind of end up with enemies that are your nemesis for no particular reason. Like there was a guy in a hallway in the Academy who just murdered me. And I remember spending like an hour trying to like fight through the enemies to this guy, fight this guy a billion different ways, then getting murdered and starting all over again. And, uh, I eventually gave up and then way later in the game came back and just shellacked this dude um that could die in the hallway where's like he just comes charging at you or he's got the bow or something the guy with the bow and the uh the exploding bow i think they called it yeah type of page and like later in the game there's like rooms with five of those guys and you realize yeah. oh that's just a normal <laughs> enemy he's not special but uh <laughs> i think those are some of yeah. the great moments where you find some enemy that you hate or that you're like, I'm going to come back and murder this guy later. Um, Where, whereas it, when it, we were talking about that section of the game, I had no idea who that guy was. And like, I was trying to beat the boss and you're like, wait, you, you beat it or you're fighting the boss and you, you haven't met my sworn enemy. And I was like, yeah, no. And you're like, how did you not meet, you know, but face Terry, like I, I don't know. I hate this guy. I was like, I have no idea who you're talking about, BC. Yeah. Never heard of that guy before. He was completely <laughs> unnecessary for the game. He just guarded a room with a thing you don't technically need. Uh, but that, was although the path you could I have chose. used, I feel there like was something good. I feel like ages. Uh, creature guarding a room with an item you don't technically need is just Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like because you have so many. There's such a huge variety of things that you would constantly come across stuff where you're like, all right, I did it. What do I get? And you're like, a weapon I don't use at all. Like, and it's just like, okay, Sweet. cool. Well, it's done. I did that, and I'm a little bit more powerful now. So that's that's Kill nice, that guy. <laughs> I'll probably lose these uh, souls or whatever you want to call them on my way out of here because I'll die. I'll have to get back to this guy again, but... Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think the like I was constantly surprised by the design, by the the way things are placed. Like this is like it is the it is like the perfect representation of why is that thing there? There are so many cases of things being placed in like in front of you like they know where you're looking there are dudes hidden behind those things. Giant creatures that like, oh, if you just go running past, like, that tree's kind of cool. All of a sudden, there's like one of those octopus monster balls. And like, oh, crap, it's hiding something. 
there's all there's almost always a reason for a piece of scenery or you know even if you get into a forest and it's harder to see stuff but like it's everywhere in this game um the nothing is just like superfluous it it, it hides uh a landmark or a bad guy or something hopeful that you would want to see in the horizon like the, there's just no hope you have to look for it you have to find it it's hiding behind stuff and underground behind tons of bad guys and and just just keep looking and and it gave me enough power to like not feel like i do in bloodborne where i'm just like i'm gonna die i'm just gonna die at any second and and at least i had a horse that I could get to, and I couldn't map R3 away from it, because that's what gets you off your horse, and I do that in battle constantly, and I hate it. Yeah, I think that's another... Well, yeah. One thing I told people a ton of the time, and this goes back to the scale and the sheer amount of options you have in Elden Ring, is that with Bloodborne, there's different paths, but you're generally trying to get to the same place. Like there, There's things that are locked off um, or bosses you have to fight. Yeah. And with Elden Ring, it was like, all right, well, I've been fighting this guy for 30 minutes and I keep dying. I'm just going to wander off in a completely different direction and forget <laughs> about him for eight hours. Um, it's so refreshing. It was so great. And you could just walk around and gain experience and fight random things. Uh, there were... And, and to your point about them knowing where you looked, like there are so many different ways to approach getting to any area you wanted to where it's like, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, if you go up this staircase, you're going to get ambushed. But if you go up this area, the side of the staircase, you might fight a mini boss and then find out that you can ambush the guys who are waiting to ambush you. It's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's like they don't let you climb up anything, but there are definitely just like way a, a number of ways to combat you know most areas i guess yeah um yeah no other game has made me feel uh like breath of the wild quite like this does i you know especially where we were we were definitely all talking i've never had uh i've never been in a played a from soft game when everyone else is so that was fun because these these games are abstruse and you just have no idea like what the lore even is you have to go you know once again looking for it so yeah uh that was pretty cool but like just the sense of exploration and learning and finding stuff and just going about it my own at my own pace in my own way um yeah it it's i i love yeah it was fantastic <laughs> And, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's not without criticism, obviously. Um, difficulty can be weird. I know they added quest markers eventually, but man can following some of those quests be really hard uh, just to know yeah. where this person's going to pop up. Like, it's like, oh, I talked to this dude, and now he's just on a path in the capital, which going back to the point of, you know, if you approach the if you approach an area from a certain uh from a certain path or a certain entrance yeah you're gonna run into that person but you don't have to approach from that area and you may never find that dude that you talk to for a mission if you don't yeah. like walk down a specific path 
So it, that I'm can be stuck in the capital. I don't know where to go there. Yeah, but I'm I'm excited for the DLC. Uh, excited to see what that's like, and uh, you know, start playing again. Maybe roll up a new character. Probably not because I don't have that much time. But uh, I like to dream, and uh, I, I think the only other big criticism I have is the double goblin fight was absolute hot garbage. That fight was <laughs> terrible. Made no sense. Yeah. The goblin, or is it gargoyle? Gargoyle, yeah. The double gargoyle fight. Yes. Yeah. Absolute garbage. I didn't beat that. I don't even remember how. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't know what I'm... I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. I'm just in the capital, and I, I got stuck. And I should probably just go the other way and do something else for a while, but I, I, I ran... I stopped... Because I was beating my head into the capital, but then yeah, I'll just go. I'll go if I play it again. I'll just go somewhere else and ride around for a while and have a good time and come back and stomp some faces in. Jeremy, I think we're ready to uh, seed the Senate floor to uh, your number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we recognize the gentleman from Jeremy's number one or gentle uh, lady. We recognize the. Gentle Congressperson, Senate, Senate, Senator, I don't know. <laughs> Xenoblade Chronicles Three. <laughs> Woo! Uh, yeah, I've I've been just a huge Xenoblade Chronicles simp for a long time. <laughs> uh, this is this is one of my favorite RPGs I've ever played. Um. It, and it has more to do with the story than anything else. I, I've done the thing that I do with so many of these where I am way too strong for where I'm at in this game. I haven't beaten it. I'm literally at the part where we're like, this is it. We're, we're headed into the final battle. I was really trying to beat it before we recorded this. Uh, just to make sure. But even then, the stuff that's come that that's happening right now, I'm just like, oh, I love this so much. Um, it is... It's just an amazing story overall, and I love the world of it. The fact that the base of this world is that there's a war going on between two factions that the people that live on both sides only live for 10 years, and after that, they basically either... they they, right. they You either die in battle, or if you succeed and live long enough, you go to your homecoming where you are then turned into ether and sit back and like, like right. in, into, into the world and all of that. Um, well, then you can't do an uprising after being a soldier. Well, so there's, there's, that way. there's so much more to it. Well, I mean, no, obviously you can, because that's what happens in the story. Um, ah. so no, that's, but this that's is why these the rules are why. in place. Jeremy. No, that's Frieza not the taught us why. this. Um, yeah, the the revelations that they have in this game are just incredible. I've I've loved the Xenoblade Chronicles game because and I've said this multiple times every time I talk about them, the world is so interesting and the way that they have like crafted this and the idea of like why things exist is something just completely different. You know, so so many stories out there will use our own reality as a base. And then you add 
machine more machinery or dragons or something right and it's like and then they, they sort of spin off from there and you're telling these stories that are like a little more you ha- you have revelations of oh this person was a villain this whole time and doing all this these games never really do the villain twist because that's not what it's about it's never about like oh we were betrayed and all this it's more of just like who is responsible for what's going on here from the very beginning? You're al- you're always told that, and they they do a great job of even 80 hours into this game with so much stuff. You're just learning more about these people and everything, and you're 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 getting fed this information of like what's happening. It doesn't get tiring for me, at least. And I love the characters, like every single one of them. I thought before this game came out, you have six characters on your team from the beginning. And you eventually get a seventh and you can, you, you have a seventh hero, quote unquote, that you can switch between any time. And that's part of leveling your characters up is that when you play with a hero, you can learn their class and then you can get moves from each class as you level up and you swap between those. That's just like the main sort of gameplay of this. But um, I thought for sure, I'm like, you are giving me six people to start with. Like, I'm not going to be able to keep up with this. This is going to be annoying. There's going to be at least one character that it's like, I'm I'm just so tired of. And that wasn't the case. I love every single one of these characters. The storylines that you get from each of them, their motivations, um, their history is so good for every single one of them. And... I thought for sure something this massive and this long would wear me out and I wouldn't, I wouldn't see it through. Stop nodding. Yeah. Um, but instead it's just monolith soft has, has done it again. They've, they've made the best thing that they've done so far and it's incredible. Um, I'm so close to the end and even like the revelations I've been getting about like what's going on with this world about why like there is an explanation of why people only live to be 10 years old. And then why there's also some people that don't. And it's incredible. Like when you, when you actually figure out what's happening here and they explain it to you and it's not like, okay, we're going to give you all this lore. It's, it's more of just, it goes along with everything you've been hearing, but then you find out, Oh, that's what this person was actually doing this whole time. And it changes everything that you, you've known about it. Um, the gameplay itself is like chaotic, but it plays very much like an MMO. It plays very much like Final Fantasy fourteen, um, where you have three different general classes where you have your DPS, a healer and a tank. Each of those has their own sort of um, style within those but you want to make sure you have an even split of those on your team at all times. And it's really just like keeping track of your stats on everything. There's stuff where you can auto save your own loadouts for different people that you can swap between. I've never touched it. I like, and there, there are things about it where like, yeah, you can fully customize this stuff. And it's just like, I haven't even touched that, but I'm still having a great time with it. I do get into some fights now. And because I'm so powered up, I just sort of sit there and watch and I'm just sort of like, all right, go ahead and take him out. That's fine. But that's what I wanted. I played it that certain way. But if I wanted to and actually, like, kept up with the levels, then, yeah, I could put more strategy into it. I could, uh, you know, look at the the layout of the battlefield and put down buffs and debuffs at certain times and things like that if I wanted to. But instead, I just wanted to brute force it because 
there's just so much to explore in this world and along the way you can just quickly level up characters and then go back to other things and you just mow them down and i'm like as i get to this end like i started this one the last little area i was like 12 levels ahead of everybody else all the enemies now i'm about six and as it gets closer and closer to like what the final boss is going to be i'm like do i still need to level up another five times like i might have to actually do that before i get to the final battle and i don't know if i'm gonna be able to but we'll see (laughs) i i love this game i think the game is gorgeous the music is absolutely incredible um if you play this game play it with headphones i literally bought a pair of airpods because I needed to hear this out of something that wasn't just the the speakers on the Switch handheld. Um, and also, yeah, being able to play this on the Switch handheld is fantastic. I was able to do that with two. But playing a giant RPG on a handheld is a game changer. As opposed to needing to like sit down on a big TV away from everybody else. Being able mm-hmm. to just chip away at things and like level up and just like run around and find items uh, in between. Like, okay... Now it's me time. Now I'm going to ignore everybody else and I'm going to listen to what people are saying in this game. Um, yeah, the game's fantastic. Some of my favorite and RPGs are portable. Yeah. It's, I, I did not think I would be so enamored with this kind of game. Like, the, it's, it's a very anime RPG. Uh, I really am glad that they did not go as sexy. With this boobular. one, as they did in the last one, as Boobular. Um, that everyone, like, th- there are only a couple characters that have even just a little bit of cleavage showing. For the most part, this is a war, and people are wearing appropriate clothes for it. Like, that's the <laughs> most amazing thing, is that this but anime that's a, JRPG. That's a sword spirit. That's not uh, a real person. That's a sword <laughs> spirit. And there are canonical reasons why for why her boobers are so large. That there never was an actual reason for why they were their boobs That's were so good. big. Yeah, <laughs> there was never an actual like, reason for that. That means you've created a reason to have large boobers. Yeah, there, there's yeah, there's some characters that are curvy, but they're not wearing revealing clothes, and that's like, cool, good. That's good. That's better character design. Like, yeah, you want to have variety in body types among everybody, and they do. Like for men and women. Um, that's, that, I think that's something that's really needs to be called out is that it is a huge variety of, of body types, uh, for both heroes and villains. It's not just like, you know, there, there is one character lands in there that he is just this super buff dude, but even Noah, your main character is this tiny little skinny guy. Um, and one of your, there, there's some other people that you've come across in the past that are, are like, you know, they're, they're a bit, a bit heftier characters but they're still like they it's fine and it's not even like a weird they don't make they don't make fat jokes they don't make anything they don't make the things that you would see in like these kind of games in like japanese anime kind of games and it's just great because they just get to the point of things and they just talk about what's actually going on in this world and it's it's body positive it's just really fun yeah yeah for sure but yeah, that's my favorite game of this year for sure. And hopefully I will have this beat in the next week because I do want to be done with it. I've spent a lot of time with it, but I want to see the end. I want to know how this wraps up because as far as I can tell, this does wrap up the trilogy of it with everything that's going on. You don't actually have to have played the other two games, but having played the other two games, it 
it affects a lot where you're like, oh, that's what happened. That may, why, that's why this person is here. I was like, why are, why, why are they here and why are they here? This doesn't make any sense. And now it's like, oh, it actually makes so much sense because of the way the other two games ended. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing game and I love it very, very much. Maybe this will be the year that I actually uh, finish Xenoblade Chronicles, the original one. It's a it's a very good game. It's a very very good game. Um, it's the it's the most grating for the voice acting though. I will say, it's Ryan um, time, Jeremy. It's Ryan. It is Ryan time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, that wraps up our games of 2022, but. We're going to do a, a quick little bonus thing at the end here. Uh, this was something that BC started last year, and I think well, this will be just like a thing going forward. We got some other mediums of entertainment, I guess you could say, that we want to say, like, these are our favorites of this year as well. So, uh, BC, do you, want, do you want to kick it off here? Yeah, uh, I just want to go through through and talk about um, three albums that I really like this year. Um, you can, We can say... I don't even want to say top three because this year I had a goal of listening to a hundred albums that I'd never listened to before. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I might have mentioned it, it in the middle of the year, but I hit that hundred mark um, about yeah. June, I think. Uh, <laughs> and so I kept going, not as not as intensely, and I ended up listening to I think 161 albums so far this year with a couple I want to get in before end of year. Um, so I just wanted to talk about three albums that I really liked. Um, so so one that actually probably is my number one album that I listened to this year is Absolutely by Dijon. Um, this was an album I did not like in the beginning. And my friend posted a song from like three quarters of the way through the album. Like I started it couldn't get into it my friend posted a song that happens three quarters of the way through and i was like this song is amazing i want to listen to more of that so i listened to the whole album trying to find something else like that song and there's nothing else like it on the album but in that (laughs) process i fell in love with it um it goes from just kind of like like neo soulish r&b to you know just angry indie drum breaks and everything in between um Dijon the the band he has is awesome the things that he does with samples are awesome um he's got a ton of good covers like uh, he has a cover of Sweet Thing um which if you don't know that song go listen to the new the cover in the original uh they're both really good but uh yeah Dijon absolutely was probably my was definitely my favorite album. I listened to the song Talk Down more times than I can count this year. Um, runner up from All that, right. uh, or just maybe second from that, I would say um, there's an album called Mahal by Toro Imoa, which is incredibly weird. I never listened to Toro Imoa before this, um, but it's just like, funky jazzy and uh bizarre there's a there's a whole version there's a song called mr postman that starts with this interlude of someone talking to the postman in the weirdest voice you would ever speak to a postman in uh and it's just 
a funky song about someone asking the postman if they got a letter. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, check it out. All right. And yeah, uh, I'm saving that one. Uh, well, I'm sa- I say both of them, but I'm definitely saving that one. They're they're already like talking about Parliament in it, so yeah, in the review of it. Um, and then uh, another one is uh, "Summer's Over" by Jordana and TV Girl. Uh, just a really good end of summer record, like a really good warm day is heading into fall. Uh, it's it's pretty light. It's pretty short, but uh, it was really refreshing. Um, and I, I think outside of that, I know I said three, but an honorable mention, just because I it was an album I never thought was going to come out and ended up being really good, is Multitude by Stromae. Uh, if you're familiar with Stromae at all, he's a Belgian musician who basically makes nothing but sad club bangers that was his thing he was really big in the early 2010s like the biggest francophone artist in the world uh and he had some medical issues that basically caused him to have incessant panic attacks and completely disappeared from the public eye so um he he had a reaction to some malaria medicine on an african tour and just like vanished uh so this was kind of you know at out of nowhere he's like hey i'm dropping an album it's coming out uh it's coming out next year and uh i hope you enjoy it and it's it's all bangers start to finish so uh check it out if you haven't and that's that's what i got um uh brian i don't know what your category is so why don't you go ahead i i don't know i was trying to trying to think of it I couldn't figure out what I wanted to say. I, I know I wanted to talk about music because I just like spent the the year in like 1970s like soul R and B and funk, uh, and like just listened to a bunch. Like like I knew Stevie Wonder as a kid. My mom played Stevie Wonder for me as a kid. If I asked her who Stevie Wonder was, she would have probably just said, "Well, he's a god." So. Um, at that point in like, you know, in the late eighties, he was just like, yeah, but like listening, really going back and listening to his stuff from the seventies, which is like five straight, not that the Grammys matter, but five straight album of the year. Like it, it, like his, he put five straight albums. He didn't win album of the year for five years running, but he put out a string of albums five in a row where everyone was just like, yeah, that's the best thing that anyone has done this year. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I don't know. So I, I don't know. I wanted to apologize to our listeners because I talk a bunch and I'm probably talking a bunch right now because like it's been like a long time with what Tiffy's going through, my partner's going through, and I can't really offload a lot on her. And so when I'm on a podcast, sometimes I talk too much and I'm sorry, everybody. And I'm sorry to my co-hosts and when I talk over you and I just, I don't know. This is just how I get my stuff out these days. So I love all of you and watch good music. It's great. <laughs> Music's good. Okay. Is that, so that's your, that's your, your shout out for the year. I mean, I, I could say watch history of the world and history of the universe on YouTube it's either about how the universe was made or how the planet was made. 
I could say go find Forrest Valkai, who uh, does a lot of the same sort of like rebuttal of weirdo religious uh, like pseudoscience that other people do. But like he's also a biologist and uh, a good communicator of like, no, like literally here. Like I know these things off the top of my head, but I will go pull up the, the research paper and these things like that. And he's that's pretty good. And also, if you're a white dude go uh watch fd signifier um like he'll he's he's got a great channel he's a a black dude who makes a lot of stuff about just like masculinity and the media and like well i mean like like superhero movies tv shows stuff like that but like yeah it's uh you should go go check it out he's good people and i like his stuff all right uh I so I went back and forth on my list because last year I did movies and I had three movies but then I also had three shows and I voted to do the three shows but I'm just going to list off the three movies really quick I'm not going to like spend much time on them um everything everywhere all at once if yeah. you want if you want to understand what nihilism actually means watch that movie uh <laughs> Marcel the shell with shoes on is an incredibly lighthearted and heartfelt uh, movie that is like family friendly and it's really cute and funny. And then also this one's going to sound weird. Hustle. It's an Adam Sandler movie. It's a basketball movie. An Adam Um, Sandler movie. It's an Adam Sandler movie. It's not your typical Adam Sandler. This is, this is Adam Sandler post uh, uncut gems. This is him taking serious roles. This is him, like, well, I mean, he did some serious roles before, but this is not, this is a movie that stars Adam Sandler, but it's not a comedy like that. It is a sports drama. He does an excellent job in it. It's got a bunch of basketball stars in the whole thing. It's just a really good sports right. movie. That makes sense. Uh, it's got Queen Latifah in it, too. Something like that. It's, yeah, Adam Sandler and Queen Latifah are husband and wife in it, and they are great together in it. Um it's it's okay. it's really good. It's just a really good movie overall. But what I wanted to bring, what my my list I actually really wanted to talk about though, are the shows, my favorite shows of 2022. Um, just drops a Adam Sandler top three movie of his and wants to walk on. Okay. Yep, yep that's what I'm doing. <laughs> All right. Um, the the first one started is a limited series that started late 2021, but ended the last last episode ended in 2022. So if you wanted to see the whole thing, you had to wait till 2022 anyway. Uh, and that is Station Eleven. Uh, this is a, okay. it was a limited series on HBO, and this is a post-apocalyptic story that takes place at the time of the, which hit really hard, uh, hard home. Like when we were first watching this, and because it is a an epidemic that was very similar to an advanced flu that wiped out like 99% of humanity. Um, And it jumps back and forth between like the days and weeks of that happening. And then 20 years later, and it's not your typical post-apocalyptic story where, Oh, you have these factions of Raiders and all this stuff because it's like there are just like barely any people and they are doing whatever they can to just like survive and that means actually working together that means like building farms that means that kind of stuff but the character that you're following is in a entertainment like troupe 
where they travel around and they do Shakespearean plays. And that is like their job is they travel to from these little farm areas of like small groups of people and they just entertain people. But it is a drama and it's some it's some real serious stuff. And it like I said, it jumps back and forth between the main character is a she was a little girl when this happened. Uh, and then when she is an adult, but is still like an underdeveloped like person. Right. She's still like has the mind of a child because she didn't really grow up in a way that we understood um and there are multiple moments throughout this that are shocking but also made me cry because of just how beautiful the story is overall hmm. um it's incredible it's like 10 episodes and like an hour to each it's it's a very yeah, think, digestible show i think i was in and out when tiffy watched that but yeah it's like that old trope of uh well what what use would i possibly serve in a post-apocalyptic world and like all i do i'm just a comedian i just tell jokes no one would ever like i I can't do anything else and so yeah well we do we still will need entertainers no it's fine yeah uh uh my second show and this one has been this is a show that's been going on for a while but it just ended this year atlanta um i i love that series it's one of my favorite series and it's you know just just to make clear i'm a white man and atlanta is a very is is very much about blackness like that is the show is about that um but it's still just this weird surreal story that you never know when you start an episode what kind of show you're going to get out of it sometimes it's going to be telling the main like a story about the your your three main guys and their rap career Sometimes it's going to be telling this weird alternate history thing or well, alternate future where, uh, suddenly like, uh, what what is it where anyone can claim, like, if you can prove that a white person, uh, was related to slaves, that a black person can like take all of their possessions. Like it's, it's the whole Fox news worst nightmare come, come to life. And they did an episode that was just that. And it's about a guy who had everything going fine for him. And then, but that happened. And it's like, that's what it is. And it's, it's told like a horror story or, um, one, there's one episode where it is this family who their nanny was this, I want to say Jamaican woman, this old Jamaican woman, she died and they went to her funeral and it was just the most uncomfortable thing of just the the difference between these people and it's done just so incredibly well and you just get these stories that like i said or it just goes telling the story of your your regular the the three main guys and it's the funniest writing you've ever heard or or it's an episode that like i've only seen the first season but an episode where it's still following the three main guys but like they have they're not doing anything related to the furthering paperboy's career it hasn't like they're they're off doing something entirely different well no there there's one episode in the first season where darius who is just like their friend that's always hanging around he doesn't actually like work for him but he's paperboy's best friend he's just going to get a piano and he goes to some old mansion in the middle of nowhere and he finds this person that is is played by donald glover in whiteface but he and he's just like (laughs) I mean, it's like technically it's like a Michael Jackson thing where the character he's playing just had like the Michael Jackson skin condition. Um, But he stays inside and then 
it turns out that there was like someone was kidnapped there and it just turns into this really creepy thing. That's just in the middle of the season. You do have what Brian was saying, where like they're talking about Paperboy going from a local rapper to being a worldwide sensation. That's the whole arc of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But you will get in there and there's just an episode that has nothing to do with that. It's one character doing a thing and it's just the weirdest thing you've ever seen. But it's Does so he- well written and it's so funny. Does he knock? What? How does? What does he do to Justin Bieber again? Like he knocks him out or something? They're, they were Justin at a basketball Bieber game. In this, oh well, yeah. yeah Justin Bieber is, is black is, in this one, and like they world. keep talking about Bieber, and he's like Bieber's gonna like he's gonna be at this charity basketball game, and like Bieber's gonna be there, and all this stuff, and like just and Bieber's black, and like they don't show you until like about seven minutes in or something when you finally see him, but like. Yeah, and then he just he like lays him out by the end of it because he's obnoxious as shit. Stuff. Well, you question is this supposed stuff. to be is this Justin Bieber in their universe or is this a rapper that just also was like, I'm Justin Bieber. Like he just wanted to take that name, <laughs> and it's he's and just it's like basing his career really. on that. It's no, just like it's not yeah, not at all just, not at all. Bieber. That's <laughs> it's just Biebs. that that's the universe. There is one there is one episode that follows the story of the first black CEO of Disney. There's no black CEO of Disney, but it, they did an episode that was a whole documentary about it, and this it it goes into how the Goofy movie was made. The bla- <laughs> as, they, as they phrased it, the blackest movie ever. Like it's it is, <laughs> it is absurd, but it is the funniest thing. Like I've I've been a fan of Donald Glover back when he was doing college comedy videos on YouTube. Um, right. And I've been following him for so long, and I've always just thought he was the funniest person alive. Still think that. Still think he's just one of the smartest, funniest people ever. Um, sexy. So let's throw that in there. Um, and <laughs> it is, it is just so great to see that he. And even at this time, you had him and uh, Lakeith Stanfield was also blowing up. He was he was showing up in so many movies, but he's still yeah. just like, well, yeah, I'm gonna finish this FX show that I'm doing with my friend because we believe in it. We just think it's important to do. And it's incredible. It's incredible. Like the show's just so good. And it's just, it's the funniest thing. It makes you think in ways that you don't typically do that. Because it's not like they just flat out. They don't just throw white guilt at you, at me as a white man. They don't just like, it's not just like white guilt. It's more just like, Oh, that's a really weird way to think about it. And I never thought about it in that aspect. And it's just sort of like, Okay, yeah, I I don't know how I feel about this episode, but it has changed me. That's for sure. <laughs> um. Anyway, last uh last ep- last show I want to talk about Severance. Either of you guys know this one. Um. I I know it's on HBO. I know a lot of people talked about it, and it has something to do with a sci-fi dystopian future that probably resembles our dystopian present. It's an Apple T- Apple TV show. Yeah. Um. It, it starts. It stars Adam Scott. And it is, oh man, it's hard to talk about what that is without spoiling things. Yeah. It's this whole, the, the premise of it is that in this world, there is a medical procedure that can be done that you can go to work. And then when you leave work, you don't think about work and you don't know what happened at work. And what it does is it actually ends up creating two personalities of you. That is the severance is that it creates two different personalities. When you go to work, you're there. And then when you leave, you don't ever have to take work home with you. That's the whole idea. Turns out it, it ends up spiraling into this whole other plot. And it is this 
mystery sort of thing that is uncomfortably shot and they do things with camera work that Adam Scott literally will look different just by the camera work. He will look, he can look like two different people as you're, as you're doing this because of the way that they do the camera work. Um, Framing or, and they, I could see that it's again, just another really well-written show. Really interesting. Another one of those shows that the second an episode's done, you're like, I have to see the next one. We have to know what happened here. And the cliffhanger hanger ending, it did it did the thing where no not not quite as much where it didn't give you enough of a cliffhanger ending where you're just like, Oh no, this person are they dead? Are they alive? What's going on? It gives you so much about the mystery that you've been following this whole time that you're just like what is happening? Who is this person? Like you're, you are blown away by it. And then they throw in one last thing and then send you back to the beginning sort of thing where you're just sort of like, okay, we gave you all that, but who knows what's actually going to happen at the, like stuff starts over again here in in a, in an interesting way where you, you can feel satisfied. If they only got one season of this, you could feel satisfied with it, even though you still are going to, you're going to want more, right? Because it's just so interesting and well done. But it didn't do the thing of Brian. You've you've made the joke before about me being into the um, the cult classics that don't get enough money and don't sell enough that we don't get sequels to. So we get these <laughs> cliffhanger endings. This is one that it could have been like that, but at the same time, if this was the end of it, then that's like okay, that would have been fine because of the way things you know unraveled, and that's fine. But it's it's a it's a great show. It's a weird show. Um, absolutely check it out i'm also a big anyway. fan of of things that can stand on their own and be good and don't need to like leave a little thing at the end yeah yeah anyway that wraps it up this was 2022 um as i said in the yeah. beginning we'll do it we'll do a bonus episode after this for patrons so if you want to go and listen to that go to patreon.com slash out of the wild to hear us talk about a few extra games that didn't quite make it on here uh Thank you, Brian. Thank you, BC. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you for 2022. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, fans. Thank you, listeners. Rate and um, review. If you're still listening, we we love you. And uh, give us a review. Rate, rate and review. Tell us you love us. In absolutely. so many words. You don't have to. I mean, if you do love us, tell us you love us. But I'm saying we love if you. If you too. like us, tell us you like us. That's good, too. All right. Thank you all. And here's to 2023. Sure. Why not?